The Guardian. The Guardian live at the Edinburgh Fringe 2008. Thanks for downloading The Guardian podcast. Uh, Just backstage now, we've stepped off the stage after recording our live show. We had terrific guests today. We had Josh Howey, Pappy's Fun Club, Cornelius Lysert and Wilson Dixon finish the show. My first guests this morning were described through the medium of Twitter by The Guardian's Leo Benedictus as the best thing I've seen so far. This sketch act combined fun and energy, hence the name of their show, Funergy. Please welcome Pappy's Fun Club! Well, with musical theatre becoming ever more popular, we thought here at Pappy's Fun Club we'd dip our toe into that particular warm bowl and come up with a few musical theatre characters of our own. So please, welcome to the stage the first of those characters. It's Inquisitive Oliver. He wants to know where Loughborough is, and who can blame him? <laughs> Next up, we have Joseph and his unicolour dream coat. It, it was... And... And... Grey. Not strong. And finally... He's my friend, he's your friend, he's the man you've seen in the musicals. I'm the man you've seen in the musicals. All I do is dance and sing. Yes, I'm the man you've seen in the musicals. Song and dance, that is my thing. Because I sing and do a dance, I don't really have a choice. Just bloody sing and do a dance. How the hell can I function normally? I'm a man who's trapped in a musical. My life's a living hell. Yes, he's the man who's trapped in a musical. I've been divorced now seven times. Yes, he's the man who's trapped in a musical. And I'm banned from attending funerals. Because he sings and does a dance. As they laid my mom to rest. So hear him sing and watch him dance. Literally on her grave. I'm the man who's trapped in a musical. And I want to kill myself. <laughs> Thank you very much. Having a, having a fun Edinburgh? Yeah, we're having a great time. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, been lovely. Now, where, where is your show on? Can you remind us? Oh, it's, the, it's at the Cabaret Bar, um, which is in the Pleasance Courtyard, and it's on at 6.40 every day. And you happy with that? You happy with your venue? Yes. Uh, Fantastic, yeah. It's, it suits us so well. It's a really exciting space that feels warm. Well, it it's, too it's warm. very warm. It's very, very warm. It's very warm. It's because I'm out. But it's, oh. it's, a, it's a vast... It's a Lord. Oh. You're just going to pant into the microphone. That's <laughs> it. not what podcast listeners want, really. Yeah. Yeah. But it, well, it's a different podcast, I think. It's not the Guardian podcast. That's Nuts TV. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so no, last year we actually had, um, we did, well, a, a week before the festival last year, we got a phone call from our promoter, who shall remain Daryl Martin, and uh, he, he, um, he called us up and said, oh, by the way, it's a small problem with the venue in that it doesn't exist. It's not been built. This was last year, so it was okay. He said, but don't worry, I've, I've, sorted, out, I've sorted out the problem. I've set up a tent 
uh, on the site of the old gilded balloon that burnt down, and uh, we can just do the show there. And it was it was called Sea Soco Urban Garden. Mm-hmm. By urban garden, they meant gravel building site tent. It was horrifying, <laughs> uh, and it was still being built. All, like, all, pretty much to the end of the festival, there were still people outside. That's when they finished it wasn't it? when the festival finished. They completed the site. <laughs> yeah, they completed the site and they had to take it all down again, yeah, which took us up to this year's festival. So, so yeah, so it's nice to be in a real room that actually has walls and chairs. <laughs> you, you've seen a room before, you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Pappy's Fun Club, I hope you continue uh, to enjoy the thrills of permanent structures. Please thank Pappy's Fun Club! Yeah. <laughs> Josh Howey's show is called Chosen. It's a true story about his upbringing, his life to date. It's challenging, very funny at times, very dark. And in the opinion of many, everything a fringe show should be. He's performing every night at the Pleasance Courtyard. Please welcome Josh Howey. <laughs> Thanks very much for coming on. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about your show? Sure. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, um, it's about kind of the, the strange upbringing that I've had. It didn't seem strange at the time, but it involved... Buddhists and Native Americans and, and rabbis and homosexuals and Muslims. Right, all, all camped together under one? Unfortunately not, just one at a time. They filed through my life. <laughs> uh, right, you, you were brought up in, in uh, which of these religions? that you? I was raised initially as a Buddhist right. yeah, until I was about 16 and then, and then the journey began. After that, oh right, you went to you went to Israel. Is that, is that I did? Yeah, I, I went to Israel and I um, I trained to be a rabbi, which was my way of rebelling against my parents. Uh, <laughs> as you do, you know, their you know various sort of children of their friends were in rehab and uh, you know whatever, and it was they were, they were so proud of them, but you know me, the rabbi, was uh, they were they were disgusted. Right, <laughs> everybody else is taking drugs, and you just want to bury your face in the Torah. Exactly. Uh, well. That's a good way to go. Now, you, do you still, uh, do you still uh, practice any form of religion? I do. I practice. I'm a, I'm a reform Jew uh, where we celebrate. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's quite liberal. We go to synagogue twice a year, Christmas <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yom Kippur. So it's cool. But yeah, no, I do. I go to synagogue uh, with my wife every Saturday morning and... Um, and it's great. My, my rabbi is coming up today from London to see my show tonight. And uh, it's great. It's, it's weird because, you know... Sorry, who's going to be in charge tomorrow? To, uh, that, well, we've got, we, we have a sort of spare rabbi who comes, comes along from time to time. Sort of wait, he doesn't like it. Supply we, rabbi. Supply rabbi coming in. It's not as good, but, uh, you know, he doesn't... <laughs> doesn't remember what names. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sort of, you know. But um, it's, uh, it's weird because, obviously, religion, it's, it's sort of the default setting now. Certainly, amongst comics, it's like, you know, everything's sex, drugs, and religion isn't very cool. And on one car journey, I was, you know, you have these sort of long five-hour car journeys, and we were talking to a comic, and it turns out that he went to church, and, and, it, and I was like, oh, my God, I go to synagogue, and we've sort of had this bonding connection. Like, oh, my God, this is great. I mean, of course, he's wrong, but... <laughs> <laughs> It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, one review described your show as literally breathtaking in regards as, a, as being a piece of writing. Is it something that you've laboured over for a long time? Well, yes, but I would like to say that that reviewer has asthma, so uh, <laughs> that isn't as impressive as it sounds. Uh, 
so uh, yes, no, it, it is something that I've, I've laboured over. I mean, I've been doing stand-up for six years. This is my first show. Um, but what I wanted to do was to, to do a narrative thing. Like, I, you know, I'm a comedy fan first. That's why I got into comedy. And, and uh, you know, I'd go and see shows and some of them, you know, are narrative-based, but it's quite whimsical, but you don't necessarily laugh that much. And sometimes it's just gag-based and, you know, you laugh for the hour, but you don't necessarily, um, you leave a bit empty. And I really have tried and fought hard to combine those two and to make it funny and to put the gags in there but also have a narrative and have a sort of wider meaning and stuff but I've worked incredibly hard at it I'm not going to lie it's not something that sort of comes naturally and, and whatever I've just been sitting at home like a loser um, and like alternating between my pornography and then writing and then pornography and sorry this is Guardian we don't do pornography uh, don't be surprised um <laughs> But it, it, it doesn't shy away from challenging uh, concepts and ideas. No, I mean, the reason I got into comedy was, uh, was Lenny Bruce, who, for me, was, you know, the, the, the grandfather of comedy as we know it. And, and, um, and that's why, you know, yes, your job as a comic is to make people laugh and you never lose sight of that. But, you know, it's a fantastic medium for also, you know, when people's defences are down, you can have sort of underlying meanings to what you're saying. And um, how, how have audiences been, been reacting to the challenging stuff? They're not laughing. Uh, <laughs> no, they're, they're they're great. I mean, it's it's you know a lot of the times it's it's exactly the people. I mean, I like I'm I'm a bit mischievous and I like sort of prodding people and and yeah. you know finding where that line is and and people laughing and then going oh my god should I have laughed at that and it's just it's a great feeling for me. Unfortunately, um, one person, the only person who's reacted badly in the whole run, um, was a Guardian journalist. All right. Yes, um, he. I didn't know he was a Guardian journalist, but um, sort of halfway through the show, he started heckling me and booing um, a joke. And he kept on booing me and kept on booing me. And uh, so I had to sort of deal with him and talk about it. And I had to sort of break off and explain to him that I was an ironic comic and, uh, and sort of explain that this foreshadowed, because uh, I was talking about Muslims, but it foreshadowed something that comes later, how my best friend became a Muslim fundamentalist and wouldn't speak to me anymore because I was Jewish. And um, it was incredibly frustrating because this journalist went off, wrote an article in The Guardian, which is my uh, this newspaper that I read and, and as my home page on, on the internet. And when I sort of clicked on one morning, I saw my face. It was like being attacked uh, at home and uh, and then he didn't sort of put anything in context he didn't explain what happened later on in the story and how it then links the Jews and the Muslims together and and uh, and I was just thinking about the other day um, Lenny Bruce again who you know my, my favorite comment but you know he does one of his famous bits is about name calling and he starts the routine I don't want to do it but you know he starts calling he says okay how many have we got any n-words in have we got any you know and then he goes on and it's this whole thing but if someone started heckling him on that first point they would have never got to the next bit you know what i mean so it was it, i just i couldn't believe it when i read it and uh, it was it was just it was hurtful like i say i'm, I'm a guardian i specifically written this show for my father who reads the guardian and uh <laughs> and so it was yeah it was it was, it, it was just you know you hate being misquoted and misunderstood and it actually was like the opposite point that i was trying to make Oh, well, I'm, I'm very glad that we've given you the... Uh, Thank you, God, it's so good to get that out. The oh, right... Uh, I've been right holding it. Oh. Sorry. Uh, now, you mentioned your father. Your, your mother is a reasonably prominent figure. She's the... Uh, please tell us. Do I have to say it? I can say it. You say it. Come on, uh, you say it. I, can't, I hate Josh's mother it. is the uh, PR guru, Lynn Franks. She appeared recently on a... I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Was, yes. Uh, but she, she's the model for... Uh, um, Jennifer Saunders, isn't yeah, fab, fab. allegedly um, for, for legal reasons, but yeah, no, basically she is. Uh, uh, right. 
And uh, yes, is there a question there? No, no. No, well, it's just a statement. Yes, my mother is Lynn Franks. Yes, well, Please come and see my show. It would be fascinating if you denied it suddenly. <laughs> 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 but you, do you, if you watch that program, are you watching your own life? Oh, when I watched the TV show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was incredibly surreal when it, when it came out. Um, because, well, we actually found out about it quite a long time before when the script was out. A friend of my mum's gave it to her and, and she was obviously quite upset. But when it came out, it was, it was a very funny show uh, initially. And... Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was literally like watching a documentary and we all just, we, we would piss ourselves. It was, you know, literally the kitchen was the same, uh, my grandmother was the same, my mum's secretary was the same blonde. I mean, it was totally surreal. My regret was, of course, that I, unfortunately, was at university. Oh no, I was at, at the time I was at uh, boarding school. So my right. character was at boarding school. So I didn't get to uh, use it to get laid or anything. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, well, I hope you've made up for that in more recent years. Um, <laughs> well, that's why I became a comedian. <laughs> is it? It works for some people, I suppose. Not Juppie. That's not, not what I wanted to. Uh, now, did you, did, you, did you watch her in the jungle? Was that, was that comfortable for you? Um, well, it was more comfortable than watching her in real life. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it was incredibly hard to watch. It really was. Uh, but, you know, I, I love yeah, my mum. I'm very, very defensive of her, and she, I thought she got bullied and picked on, and uh, it was, yeah, it was really hard. I really wanted just to go out there and punch people's noses in, and, uh, yeah. Um, but it, you know, that's what she wanted to do. I mean, it's not a show that I would normally watch. I'm more of an X-Factor kind of guy. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Howey. The Guardian Live at the Gilded Balloon. Now, every day we are joined by a journalist from The Guardian. Today is, is no different, except today our Guardian journalist has written for the paper only three times this year. His day job is the horse racing correspondent for BBC Five Live. He's here because he's a genuine fan of the Fringe. Please welcome Cornelius Lyson. Now, uh, Cornelius, we have you here. Uh, uh, we want to hear your top tips and your opinions on, uh, on what you've seen. But first, um, as, a, as a newcomer to the podcast, uh, we want to see where you fit onto our Guardian journalist leaderboard. They get free tickets for every show But to just how many will they go? The Guardian leaderboard The Guardian leaderboard uh, Here is our, our Guardian journalist leaderboard And the way right. it works, it's, it's, it's to see uh, the maximum number of shows a Guardian journalist has seen in one day. And at the end of the festival, the person that has seen the least shows is put against a wall and shot as part of the Guardian-sponsored revolution. Um, uh, now, <laughs> Looking at that, Josh, you'll want to wield the machine gun. Yes. <laughs> young, young Paul McInnes is, is in last place. Uh, this, uh, uh, this comedy critic has seen uh, uh, three shows a day, was his, was his best. Uh, now, Cornelius, uh, we're going to give you a special uh, uh, dispensation in a way, because... Uh, on our jingle, that uh, it mentions that Guardian uh, reviewers get free tickets for every show. Now you pay for all the shows you see, yep. so any, any yep. the amount you give now, uh, we will times by one point five or right. two if the maths is tricky. But uh, <laughs> that makes it a six to four shot. Six to four shot. <laughs> right. Uh, what, is, what is the most uh, shows that you have seen in a day um, this year? I think I've, I've been performing quite well myself in a William Hill venue in uh, in, uh, <laughs> in Edinburgh. So the afternoons have been quite busy doing other things this week uh, this year. But uh, I'd, I've done. Five. Five so one and a half. So, so seven and a half, if you seven take and a, half, yeah. a five so or a six would, to four. That would so put you in, in, uh, in pole position, but... But. 
Uh, it only counts if you can name them in 20 seconds. Uh, all the shows you've seen in today starting now. Uh, Ivan Brackenbury, Pappy's Fan Club. I've even got the badge. Uh, it was great to be on the same stage as them. Absolutely magnificent. You must see Pappy's uh, Fun Club if you haven't seen it. Uh, Tommy and the Weeks, uh, Wacker Murphy's Bad Buzz, and the BBC Comedy Presents in One Day. Cornelius slice it straight to the very top. Uh, now, uh, can you uh, give us uh, some top tips, uh, uh, shows rather than horses? I can um, tell you a horse called She's So Pretty in the 405 at Newbury today will take some beating. Um, <laughs> um, uh, some top tips. Nina Conti, um, I thought, was absolutely magnificent. To be a ventriloquist is hard. Yeah. And to be able to do it at that sort of level when presumably you talk normally at that sort of level, when in fact we hear her, so uh, you do talk normally at that sort of level, yeah. that is magnificent. Uh, and if you can get a ticket, you're doing fantastically well. You've probably got to be a Guardian journalist getting a freebie. Um, so Nina Conti definitely, and Tom Conti, I think some, her father, sometimes appears in it. And uh, so absolutely um, top a, tip. That's as a puppet, isn't it? Not, as, not he himself... No, it's he himself. Is it? Yeah, oh yeah, the puppet's a, a marsupial. Oh, right. Uh, and <laughs> and he, he, of course, isn't. Um. <laughs> so N- Nina Conti, absolutely superb. There's a guy called Alan Cochran... Um, yeah. who, uh, no, he never, gets a, he never gets a mention from anyone. I love a comedian. I, haven't, uh, I heard uh, Josh on Loose Ends on BBC Radio 4 the other day. I must actually see him uh, here properly over the weekend sometime. So present company is accepted from this. But there are people, there are trendy um, comedians and people that you must go and see. Nina Conti would be one of them. And Alan Cochran never gets a mention. And I just, uh, I can't think of a comedian I'd rather meet at a bar and have a drink with. He's, you know, he's funny, uh, he's dry, uh, he's got some fantastic stories to tell about fatherhood over the last 12 months and I, I think he's a must-see and he spells his name A-L-U-N uh, so Alun Cochran rather than Alan Cochran uh, so those two and the other I mentioned this Wacker Murphy's bad buzz yeah. um, and this really restored my faith in a funny sort of way in the fringe last night I saw him uh, because there's so much now I, the first time I came here was oh donkeys years ago and there were people in parish halls and there were people in tiny venues hot venues but there weren't the real you never saw Jimmy Carr type figures really I don't think, or, or Danny Boy type figures playing a conference centre. So yeah. last night, this guy was playing to 20 people, this um, Wacker Murphy's Bad Buzz. He's an actor called Edwin Mullane. It was a one-man show for 55 minutes or so in front of 20 people. And you suddenly thought, actually, that's what The Fringe is all about. The, the play was, was fine rather than superb, but he was absolutely tremendous. Edwin Mullane, he might be a tip for the future. Uh, now, you yourself, you, you've performed at the festival. Yet not only in William Hill shops in Tollcross. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, um, oh, God, it was, goodness, it was donkeys years ago. Uh, it was a production of King Lear. A uh, whole lot of schoolboys uh, who thought they were quite good uh, had done the, this thing at school, and we came here and discovered there were nine other King Lears. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, we, had, we had the Masonic Lodge as the venue, which is no longer a, a, a venue. Um, I think you didn't have to turn your trousers up when you went in there, but, uh, but it helped. Uh, and uh, it was a little bit off the beaten track down towards Holyrood. And uh, the, the promoter was Richard DeMarco, who was a festival uh, legend. Yes. I think he was director of the festival, ultimately. And at the time, he came and he saw it and he said, I have to admit, he said, you bunch of public school boys from the south of England aren't too bad, but no one's going to come watch you because there are goodness knows how many other King Lears performing in, uh, in, in Edinburgh. So he said, I'll come back tomorrow and I will come up with a plan which will make you huge. So we all got moderately unexcited. Uh, and the following day, he came back, he said, I've got it. I have got it. 
he said, um, we are going to perform this play. You bunch of South of England public school so-and-sos are going, to, uh, are going to do Shakespeare's just about most murderous play in a special venue, which will grab some headlines. And this was pre-Taggart. So no one had heard of Barlini Prison, really, in the south of England. And we performed in the special unit of the Bar L, as they call it, in Glasgow. <laughs> Uh, uh, Shakespeare's most murderous play with Scottish television, <laughs> BBC Scotland, uh, uh, all sorts of Guardian journalists and other journalists outside. And um, we didn't, a combination of that and the fact it was the set book for every school from Selkirk to Aberdeen for the following term meant we didn't play to an empty seat the whole time, which was fantastic. <laughs> and it was quite good. <laughs> so you've, uh, you've done your festival time. Out for good behaviour, yeah. Now, uh, a horse racing correspondent, you know more about odds than most. Uh, who, who do you think is uh, favourites to win the big prize this year? Um, as a gambler. As a gambler. Um, uh, but, 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 but I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Nina Conti right in there. And um, there's somebody I'm going to go and see later on today who, as I suspect she's a newcomer, um, who's a regular on this podcast, Sarah, um, Sarah Melican. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she, I saw her in the BBC, BBC Comedy Presents last night for about five minutes, whatever, and she was so fantastic that I immediately got tickets for her for tonight. And I bet you, would she be a newcomer? She wouldn't be mm-hmm. up for the, big, the biggest, but she'd well, be you, the, can, you can do either. And she must be... Uh, so she, the two ladies, Nina Conti and Sarah Melican, both... Big chances, I would have thought, for, for prizes. If I, this isn't very good for a podcast, is it? But I'm doing a sort of John McCruick waving my arms around. They'd be, uh, they'd be a three-to-one shot. Uh, three-to-one shots, I would guess. Cornelius Lysett, thank you very much indeed. Our final guest this morning is a genuine country singer. He's from Cripple Creek in the USA. He's here performing every evening at the stand at 6pm. A man with a name. That name is Wilson Dixon. <laughs> Hello, Wilson. How are you doing? Uh, very well, thanks. How are you, uh, how are you finding Edinburgh? Uh, pretty easy. I've got a, a, you know, a map book and stuff, and it's getting around. <laughs> it's okay. Is it, uh, is it very different from where you come from? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm from a little town called Cripple Creek in Colorado, and uh, there's a river there and, and cows and <laughs> horses and a few people and trees. It sounds delightful. No castles, man. What's that? It sounds delightful. Yeah, it's great. If you oh. like trees and things. <laughs> uh, can, you, can you tell us a little bit uh, uh, about your career as a country singer thus far? Yeah, well, uh, I've been, well, I've always, I guess I've always been a country singer. I started when I was pretty young, and I, was, I grew up in the country. So, I, I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I didn't realise I was a country singer. I was just in the country singing, you know. <laughs> And uh, then, yeah, you know, I did, it wasn't until I went to Denver, which is a big city near, near where I'm from in Colorado. And uh, I went there when I was about 16. And I, then when I realized that what I was doing, you know, could cause such fear and hatred in the minds of so many. <laughs> you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm building bridges, man, you know. Uh, and uh, your, your family life, you have uh, brothers and sisters? Yeah, I've got a big family. Uh, the, uh, four brothers and a sister. And my mom and pa, there's a, a, eight or nine of us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, will you, will you my, be sell, selling albums? Yeah, I got albums for sale. My, my first al- uh, album's for sale here, uh, uh, Wilson Dixon's Greatest Hits. That's on sale. But I got a lot, load of other albums. Uh, my fifth album, Wilson Dixon Rides Again, that's kind of pretty much what the show is this year. Uh, next year I'm going to bring out another album 
uh, Wilson Dixon Rods again, again. <laughs> going to be the follow-up, you know. Now, uh, have you ever had an opportunity to see any other shows, Wilson? Uh, well, there's not a lot of other country shows on, you know, country singers here. So um, I'm not really into comedy, you know. Don't really enjoy it. Yeah, it's because too much of it, you know. It's everywhere. <laughs> not here. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't yeah. I'm actually interested in that horse race that you got going on a bit later. Yeah. So you can ride again, again. Oh yeah. What is it? She's so pretty, Newbury 405. Got it in there. No problem. Uh, Wilson Dixon is going to perform a song for us now. Uh, before he does, uh, please give a big round of applause to all my guests this morning: uh, the wonderful Pappy's Fun Club, Josh Howie, Cornelius Lyson, and Wilson Dixon. Hello, folks. Uh, it's a real privilege to be here. Uh, I, I guess you're all readers. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't read a lot. Although, you know, I'm kind of in a, in a quality, not really quantity. Uh, I've read all the books that I do own, which I don't know if anyone out there can uh, say that. The books I got, I got free when I bought a magazine about guns. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Uh, this song, it's off my, uh, my, my first album, Wilson Dixon's Greatest Hits. It's a, uh, it's a song called Life. It's all about life. No surprises there. I know it's going to be pretty hard getting anything past you guys today. Being intellectuals, most of you probably. Are you all intellectuals? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of muted response that you'd expect from intellectuals. <laughs> So, uh, life, life, uh, again, intellectuals probably don't know really how to enjoy it, but we'll, uh, just worrying too much about everything. Just let, let go. Just come on, let go and simplify. Goes a little something like this. Actually, it goes exactly like this. There you go. A man much wiser than me once said Life is like a box of chocolates Life is also like a lot of other things Less like a box of chocolates than you might think Life is like sitting on a snake Sooner or later it's gonna bite you in the ass Life is like a Sudoku puzzle Frustrating and ultimately pointless. Life is like having a conversation. You're crazy if you try and do it alone. Life's like a salmon swimming upstream. Hard work and sometimes you get eaten by bears. Life is like a big strong man in a miniskirt. Unusual, but who am I to judge? Life's like getting up in the morning and having a coffee and getting in your car and driving to work. Uh -huh. 
that is life. Life, 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 life. Ooh, life, 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 life. Sing along if you know the words. Life's like dancing naked with a horse. Something you can only ever do once. Life's like the movie Titanic. Long. And you know how it's going to end. Life is like a Star Trek convention Full of weirdos And it's best to let them be Life's like a song by Britney Spears Devoid of meaning But what the heck, let's dance Life, 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 life Ooh, life, 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 life Sounds like I'm saying flife But I'm not. Life's like a back rub from an uncle. Confusing. But you take what you can get. Life's like a bottle of whiskey. It takes years to mature sometimes makes you vomit life is like watching a dog lick himself full of impossible dreams life's like death only living as a man much wiser than me once said thanks folks thanks very much The Guardian Live at the Edinburgh Fringe 2008. Thanks very much for listening to these Guardian podcasts. You can download more at guardian.co.uk slash Edinburgh. I'm off to punch a journalist. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.